Congratulations! You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Dr. Murat Ungor from the Department of Economics at Otago University is here with us to discuss the increase in the national living wage and the effects that this has on our everyday lives. How are you, Dr. Murat? Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. How about you? I'm good, thank you. So what is the living wage and what is the diff- difference between the living wage and the minimum wage? Of course. Uh, so the New Zealand uh, living wage is defined as the income necessary to provide workers and their families with the basic necessities of life. And according to the uh, organization, which is called Living Wage Movement in New Zealand, living wage will enable workers to live with uh, dignity and to participate as active citizens in society. So it was originally introduced in uh, 2013 and was designed to track with market wages uh, on an annual basis. And the reviews are undertaken in each uh, five year. Uh, so living wage, one thing that's important that living wage is an opt-in rate and released by a group called Living Wage Movement in New Zealand. The minimum wage, however, is a legal obligation and set by the government and reviewed each year. It applies to most employees age 16 years or over, and it is the lowest amount an employer can pay their employee. So if you look at the history, uh, the earliest minimum wage was set in England circa 1600, and New Zealand was the first country to establish a national minimum wage in 1894. So, according to recent numbers, uh, minimum wage went up about 7% to 22.7 cents on April 1st, and the living wage rose by 9.9% to $26 starting with last Friday. Is the increase of 9.9% significant? Well, uh, so one thing we know is that since the starting days of the pandemic, we have a cost of living crisis. Mm. And remember that the living wage emerged as a response uh, to growing poverty and inequality that continues to hold back so many Kiwi workers and their families and therefore our economy. So for some people, the living wage might feel like a five cents, but for some other people, for some workers, for some families, it might mean a lot. Uh, So especially low wage earners, they are the ones who feel the pinch more than those with uh, higher incomes. So that's why it is particularly important for the poor segment of the society. And being paid uh, a living wage can reduce stress levels and it can also help productivity increases in the work environment. And from a business perspective, this can also be a good news because uh, this can result in lower staff turnover, reducing recruitment and training costs. So as I said, uh, they are having a living uh, cost of living crisis. And this is the, I think, most important topic that everyone is talking in these days as we heading into the uh, general election. So living wage or minimum wage discussions are just one part of the discussion. So it is particularly important to provide targeted assistance 
to low-income households that will be beneficial uh, to them. For example, there's a new law uh, which enables sole parents on a benefit to receive child support, uh, child support payments for their tamaraki. It's a very good uh, policy. And so increased living wage, increased minimum wage with supported, targeted assistance uh, will benefit to our poor segments of society. And lastly, uh, we should note that overall rate of inflation started to decline in New Zealand. According to the numbers, New Zealand's annual inflation rate uh, dropped to 6.7% in March, and then we had another decrease uh, and reaching to 6% in June. So we are going to learn the new updates on the 17th of October next month. Uh, but if we have this uh, lower inflation as a trend, then consumers will start being optimistic again regarding their future. Mm. Let's just circle back round to what do you mean by targeted assistance to low-income households? Could you expand a bit more about that? Sure, sure. Uh, because when you think about uh, uh, different segments of society, we have rich people, we have uh, people uh, with middle-income levels, and also we have poor income levels. So when we have cost of living crisis, uh, people spend most of their budget for food, for uh, utilities, for rent. And if you look at the poor people, poor segment of society, look at our students. Our students, our friends, spend most of their income for food and for rent. And whenever we have inflation, whenever we have cost of living crisis, so you spend most of your budget for these necessity goods. So that's why you have nothing left uh, to, uh, to enjoy the life. And there are some people, whenever they wake up in the morning, they are still considering, they are still thinking whether they will be able to put food on the table for their kids uh, for dinner. So that's why we have some segments of society, they need targeted help. So if governments, if policymakers all around the world, if they want to help uh, those people, then they should come up with policies that directly target that people so that they can provide direct help to those people who actually need those help. For example, if you remember COVID times three years ago, our university uh, initiated a movement which is called uh, Relief Fund for Students. I remember it very well because I provided reference letters for like 20, 30 students. They approached me and they told me that they were not even able to pay their rents or they were even suffering in terms of cost of living crisis. So I provided reference letters and uh, they got help uh, from the university fund. That was a direct help for those students who needed. So I'm talking about such policies that directly target the people, directly target the households who actually need that help. Does an increase in the living wage have any negative impacts on our lives or on the cost of living crisis? For example, would you expect to see an increase in prices due to an increase in the living wage? Uh, no, not necessarily. So basically, our central bank and all the central banks all around the world have been uh, increasing the interest rates. So to cut the demand, to reduce the demand. And so this has been going on since 2021, 2022. And right now, all over the world, if you look at inflation is starting to go down. Uh, of course, inflation is still with us. And we still have the uh, food prices, very high food price levels. If you go to New World, if you go to Countdown, you will see one tomato is equal to $1. Uh, 
uh, roughly speaking. So we still have the cost of living crisis, but inflation is uh, going down. Price levels there will be more, uh, there will be less increases. So I think I do not expect uh, any increase in the uh, price levels just because of the increase in the living wages. Mm. And finally, what does this news mean for students, especially those who are about to graduate and looking for job opportunities? Sure. Uh, so one of the purpose of living wage increases is that uh, because we have United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And one of those goals is decent work for all. When we talk about decent work, we are talking about fair incomes. When you have fair incomes, you can tackle poverty and you can also improve your access to housing, to food and health. And my advice to our students who are going to graduate maybe at the end of this year, maybe in the beginning of uh, next year. So there will be always short-term fluctuations. So, for example, think about the uh, Christchurch earthquake. That was a fluctuation at the uh, local level, at the nation level. And we had COVID, uh, which was a disturbance at the global level. But you should have a vision for yourself. You should have a long-term plan. This is the most important thing. And one thing I would like to emphasize is that uh, you should always invest in yourself every single day, which means that you should increase your human capital. Because the single most important thing when you go to the job market is your human capital, your skills. And you should ask the following question to yourself almost every single day. So what are the skills I need as a young graduate in the 21st century? Because the notion of business has changed dramatically. People are talking about artificial intelligence. People are talking about industrial robots. So we are new technology. So that's why we have to be able to cope with this technology. We have to be comfortable with this related technology. So investing in yourself, increasing your human capital, and having a long-term plan. So do not just think about 2024. Just do not think about 2025. Think about yourself in 2030. Because you are in your early 20s, which means that you have infinitely many opportunities in front of you. Take them. Just have a self-confidence and have a long-term plan, and I hope that everyone will be fine. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. Find more at r1.co.nz.